expect one of us in the wreckage, brother. Have we started the fire? Yes. The fire rises. Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast focusing on all things the Dark Knight and his world. If you'd like to connect with the show, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. And if you have thoughts, questions, comments, or even suggestions for future episodes of the show, you can reach us by email at TFRBatPod at gmail.com. My name is Eric Carter, and I am your host, and Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to 2023. Um, we're a little behind. We took a week off to start the year, um, but here we are. This is our first episode of the new year. So, Joe, Happy New Year. Welcome, my partner, my co-host, Joe Fornerado. Happy New Year, Eric. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a, what, three weeks, you said, I think about? Uh, a bit thereabouts, since yeah. our uh, Christmas special covering Batman Returns, it's been about three weeks. I initially planned for us to have a nice leisurely week off to spend with family, um, spend with friends, whatever. And then I got COVID. So, yeah, <laughs> that's how I started 2023 with COVID. And it was wonderful. Absolutely as advertised. So if I cough or sneeze or anything else on this episode, my apologies. I'm still kind of getting over it. Uh, I don't know if I sound nasally or, or, or anything like that, Joe, but yeah, still in the recovery phase of COVID. So yeah, happy new year to me. <laughs> and you were you were so good for this long, too. It finally got you. <sighs> Three years without it, and it snuck up on us. Yeah, I so. had it early on and haven't had it since, knock on wood. So, yeah, pick your poison. Now now it's just the regular stuff for me. Yeah, yeah. So I hope uh, this is the first and last bout of it. But we are not here to talk about COVID, of course. We're here to talk about Batman and everything surrounding Batman. Um, and as you guys know, we are not a news podcast. We don't cover the news. Uh, we do things that we like to talk about. Because sometimes the news is not so fun. Um, but one really interesting, really intriguing piece of news that came out late last year is the fact that we now have new leadership in charge of the brand new minted DC Studios. Mr. James Gunn and Mr. Peter Safran, they are the heads of DC Studios. And they are apparently embarking on a brand new universe. Now that is not confirmed. We don't know what in the world's going on yet. Supposed to find out sometime this month in the in January of 2023, but it looks like the current DC universe on film may be coming to an end. So we are actually we've kind of tailored this episode. This, for all intents and purposes, was supposed to be our 50th episode for our big 50th hurrah. We were supposed to rank the films in the DC universe, which at that time was the DC extended universe. Um, but everybody knows what happened there. Kevin Conroy passed away. So obviously plans had to change. Um, and Ryan Lauer was originally supposed to be part of this episode, but this is what happens. Things change. Podcast scheduling never goes right, but we did want to do this. So I told Joe, I said, I think we should start 2023 with this, since 2023 may be the last year of this universe of films. Um, we have four films coming out this year, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, 
and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So what we're going to do today is we are going to rank the current films in this current DC universe. And then we're going to come back as long as the plans stay what we think they are. And James Gunn reboots the DC universe. Then we're going to come back after we reviewed Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. So sometime in January of next year. And we're going to do this ranking again and see where the tally falls in the final ranking for the DCU. But I think this is fun. I think this is a good way to kind of kick the year off with the with the DCU and see where we are next year. Uh, Joe, is, is that kind of where you were at? Because this was originally your idea for our 50th episode. So <laughs> what do you think about the way the plans have changed and the way they've evolved and where we're at now? Yeah, a lot has happened since I had that original idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it was almost like kind of like, well, we had the idea. Let's just do it anyway. I think it, it would have probably been, you know, after everything that has kind of come to uh, fruition in the last, what, month or two, uh, it probably would have been better just to wait till next year. But we also don't know what the status is going to be with the films this year and if they're going to be almost a transitional period, if they're going to be part of this existing timeline or what, we don't know. So we figured, screw it. Let's just do it the way we had planned anyway. And I, I think it's kind of a fun thing to wrap up. Um, like you said, wrap up this year or last year and, and kind of just kind of put a pin in the, you know, the DC extended universe as it was. And now we can look forward to what's to come because we don't know what's happening now that, that James Gunn and Peter Safran are in charge and, and we're looking forward to that. So it's kind of more just a fun look back at what we've gotten so far and, and we can discuss the ups and, and for the most part for us, most of it is just ups, but we'll, we'll talk about the ups and downs and, and go through it real quick. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to set the ground rules for this, uh, one thing I did want to make known, we will be ranking um, 12 films because that's what we've got right now in the DC universe. We will be ranking both versions of Justice League just to make that perfectly clear. Um, these are just opinions. So just so everybody knows, uh, there is no maliciousness here. There's no... Um, I don't know that there shouldn't be any controversy controversy over opinions, but that's, that's where we're at. Um, and I would like to have it known and I'm, I don't, I'm pretty sure you're right there with me, Joe. I don't hate any of these films out of the 12 films we're going to talk about today. Don't hate any of them. And there's only one that I really actively dislike. So, yeah, I know this. I know this franchise has carried a lot of controversy, has carried a lot of baggage, um, but I just wanted to kind of have that known. Um, so, yeah, just fun, just a, a quick uh, ranking of them, and and I hope we have a lot of fun with this. Um, I did also want to say, since we brought up James Gunn, um, really quickly, right off the top, I did want to mention Peacemaker. Uh, the TV series on HBO Max, because it is a part of this universe. Um, but we're kind of going to go by letterbox style here. So we can't really list Peacemaker because it's a TV show. But I did want to bring it up because if I did rank it, I'll be honest with you, it would probably rank pretty high. Um, Peacemaker was certainly a highlight of last year for me. I was really blown away by the heart in that show. 
and I think it's uh, it's absolutely raunchy. It's you can't watch it with any children whatsoever. Um, but it was fun from start to finish. I thought it was the most nuanced I've ever seen John Cena as an actor on screen. You saw a lot of different sides of him. I thought he played that part very, very well. And I can't wait to actually look back at, and watch Peacemaker again. So, Joe, I wanted to give you a minute too. Uh, any thoughts on Peacemaker? I'm with you. I really liked it. I really didn't know what to expect going in either. I wasn't like over the moon about, you know, excitement for it or anything like that. But man, I, I had a lot of fun with it. And I agree the heart that was in that show. And I actually recently rewatched it. I rewatched it. Um, I want to say in November, I've rewatched the entire series for the, the first time. And it, it is even better on the second watch because there's no, I had none of that, uh, the preconceived attitude towards uh, the humor. I, I was able to accept it for what it was. And yeah, some of the humor might've been at, you know, over the top or in weird places, that kind of thing for me. But, but man, the heart in that show. And like you said, John Cena carrying the weight of that show. I mean, he was, he was amazing. Um, really. I, you know, coming off of the suicide squad, I did not expect to, to care for that character as much as I did. It was, it was a great show. And, um, as far as we know, we're still getting a season two and I hope that's the case because I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah. hope so too. Um, that would be another great addition to, to, to wrap up the, this version of the DCU, um, would be to get another season of Peacemaker and I, go ahead and say this. I still really like that cameo from the justice league at the end of the show. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I do wish we would have gotten all of them. Uh, yeah. but I still think it's fine the way it was done. I enjoyed it. It was a cool surprise when it happened and, um, yeah, we don't know what it means going forward, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So let's get into the ranking. Um, the rules work just as just kind of the same as every other ranking, uh, that you hear. We're going to do it real fan style. I guess that's the best way to say it. Uh, we're going to go back and forth with our rankings. If one comes up that hasn't been mentioned yet, we'll just say it, hold it for there, hold it for, for the time being and talk about it when it ends up on both of our lists. Um, so Joe, uh, there's no, there's no easy way to kick it off. Uh, the bottom film on your list. Let's start with number 12. What is the bottom? Um, it's going to be the same as your bottom, as we are well aware. Um, <laughs> it's going to be uh, the theatrical version of Justice League. Um, and yeah. we had actually discussed this prior because I asked you if you were going to include it in the list or not. You said yes, so we're going to talk about it real quick. Um, I'm not going to kill the film when it came out. I enjoyed it. I took my nephew to see it. He enjoyed it. It is what it is. The drama behind the scenes aside, um... I had fun with it when it came out. If it wasn't for the CGI lip and the poor CGI in general in certain aspects of it, I could probably even still watch it and have fun with it. But that stuff takes me out of it so much. Mm. And the film, because we now have a better version of it, I have no reason to really go back to watch it. I think I maybe have gone back and watched... The, the parademon scene in the beginning with Batman just mm -hmm. to, to kind of see that again because I do enjoy that scene to an extent. Um, I don't think I've watched in its entirety since 
when Zack Snyder's Justice League was announced, I said from day one, the minute that is announced, if we ever get it announced, I will watch the theatrical trail of the theatrical Justice League in like a celebration almost. <laughs> and I did. Mm. Um, no, because I I'm not bitter towards this film anymore, if that makes sense. Um, because it we now have the the corrected version. No, yep, makes perfect sense. Uh, my bottom, uh, my number twelve is also Justice League from twenty seventeen. Um, yeah, it's it, there's some things like opening night. I I knew about the mustache thing going in. The mustache stuck out to me immediately from that opening scene. And yeah, um, there are there are a lot of parts of this movie that I really really liked. Uh, opening night, um, I was pretty fairly happy with the film opening night and since 2017 i mean it just has not aged well for me um and and now that we have the the other version that we have i i have i don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of need to watch this one anymore um and it's just it's just creative choices that don't click with me. I'm not I'm like you. I'm not going to beat it to death. I do think there's some redeeming qualities in this film. I I think it's a great version of the Justice League for you to pop in if you've got kids and you want to give them an intro to the Justice League. Um because it plays a lot like I've heard Brendan say this one plays like a Saturday morning cartoon. And it kind of does. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with that one. Um, but again, not going to beat it up, but it is the bottom of both of our lists. So, uh, Joe, your turn back to you. What is your number 11? My number 11, and this is where I'm going to say flat out. Um, I like to love every movie on this list. Um, I, want to start off because I'm starting off with suicide squad at number 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like this well, movie. So I'll just go ahead and say it's my number 11 as well. So, Oh, okay. Fine. I wasn't expecting it to be your number 11. So that's, that's <laughs> good then. So, um, do you want to start then? Sure. Um, this is another one. Uh, when it came out, I really, really had a good time with it in the theater. Um, most of, most of, the reason why it's ranked where it's ranked is it just has not aged well. Um, it, I don't know. It's, it's that word that we hate to use, uh, you and I, um, when, when describing like criticisms of a film, but it's true with this one. I mean, it's a mess. Um, it's, there's just strange cuts in the movie. Uh, there's the the whole the whole beginning with the um with the way that they do the dossiers and it's just quick cuts and they show this and this and then we get more quick cuts and dossiers later and then the whole ending is just i don't know it's cook it's very cookie cutter and i think there was more here than what we got i think there's a better film and we all know about the david ayer supposed cut and all that good stuff but you can watch this film and tell there's a better film somewhere. Yeah. And, and also I don't, I want to make it clear that I don't have it as my 
number 11 due to the fact that this isn't David Ayer's cut. Uh, me not, either. I'm not judging it based off of that. It's not a principal thing with me. It's it's more just, like you said, the film hasn't aged well for me. And I, I will say, I think I saw this three times in the theater. And I think I started to like, I don't want to say get bored with it every other time I watched it, like as it went on, but I, it just, it started to feel monotonous to me where, like you said, the the dossier in the beginning, for me, you know how I am with, with needle drops. Um, to me, this movie screamed cliche needle drops for the sake of needle drops when they were doing certain things. And it bothered me a little bit. Um, the rate of needle drops in this. Yeah. Movie. It was like beat you over the head with it. Yeah. Um, but it just felt like, and again, I could still watch this movie and have fun with it. There's a lot to love about the movie too, but it just doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel as special of a movie as I wanted it to be, or as the rest of, you know, as we get closer to the top of the list, it just doesn't have that feeling for me. Um, well, I will you say and I, I have both talked about how much we love the Batman scenes in this movie. Oh yeah. And, and I will say the extended cut it adds like another 10 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I do like the extended pieces. Um, yeah. I still think the bar scene, one thing I will say, every movie on this list has gotten me emotional while watching it, other than I think the theatrical cut of Justice League. I don't know if I've really gotten emotional during that. Um, mm. There's an emotional scene in every DCEU film, and that means a lot to me. That goes a long way for me. And to me, in this movie, the bar scene is that scene. And I love the the conversation with um, Deadshot and Flag. And I think Flag's character is such a great character and i think it's nice to see that he was built on later on in another movie we're going to discuss later um the cast of this movie is great but it just yeah the movie itself didn't stand out to me like i wanted it to right yep no i'm with you um okay well i think i've said uh what i can say about that one um let's move on to number 10 joe what is your number 10 uh to start with this one, I'm going to say Wonder Woman 1984. Um, okay. But right. my caveat with this will be... <laughs> the only reason I think I have this so low is because mm-hmm. it's a sequel. And if I'm going to watch a Wonder Woman film, I'm going to watch the first one. And for the most part... Um, Okay. So that's why I decided to have this this low as opposed to maybe some of the other films that I'm going to talk about, like especially my number nine. But mm-hmm. um, you don't want to talk about this one yet? I'm not ready to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, okay. My number 10 is Birds of Prey and the Fabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Um, and I'll tell you the reason. I thought about this today while I was looking at this list. I'll tell you the reason it's number 10. This is the only DC, I guess EU at the time, but this is the only DC universe film that I've only seen once. Oh, wow. And I was, I was thinking about that today and I was like, why, why do I put this one here? Well, and we'll get because, into that. Cause I, I disagree with you there completely, but okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. That's great. Um, I, 
I like that you've had repeat viewings, but for whatever reason, like we saw this in the theater, I remember having a lot of fun with this. Mm-hmm. I even, I have the steel book. So you never have, watched it at all since the I, theater? I have, I thought about that the other day. I have never had the desire to put this in and watch it since we watched it in the theater. Hmm. And I think that's, that is the reason why it's, it's where it's at. And I'll be honest with you. This one may be one where I owe a rewatch mm-hmm. um, because I remember really, really liking Roman Sionis. Yeah. Um, Ewan McGregor is one of my favorite actors. I mean, he's in my favorite film of all time. Well, we'll wait, but... we'll wait to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll wait. Okay. Number nine. What's your number nine, Jeff? So, and it's funny. So my number nine, I just watched it for a second time because I felt like it wouldn't be fair for me to rank it until I watched it a second time. You clearly don't have the dedication I do, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, black Adam is my number nine. Oh, well we can freely talk about that one. Cause black Adam is also my number nine. Okay. So, and I, I had a blast with this watching it in the theater. I had fun with it again last night or a couple nights ago when I watched it again. I still think it's a fun movie. I think the pace of it um, is a positive because I think I said I, I was watching it and I was like, oh, wow, like I'm already an hour into this. I feel like I've been watching it for a half an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a fun movie. Um, I like the, the action in it. The story is definitely pretty cookie cutter. Um pretty straightforward nothing to you know write home about i guess this kind of is maybe the caveat where i said um all these movies have some emotional gut punch i don't think this one really has anything over the top emotional other than um i think the the particular death um i mean we could talk about these freely i would assume i I know this one's the most recent one but I'll yeah. try to be vague just because this is the most recent DC movie, but there is a death at the end of this film that does hit, but doesn't hit as much as maybe I wanted it to. Well, I think it's because we don't know him. <laughs> yeah. To be, to be vague, but yeah. Um, I think they wanted it to have more impact than it did, uh, but it just doesn't other, uh, unless you're just a really big fan of the actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it is, this film is a lot of fun. The reason it's as low as it is on my list is because it's, it, it is just that it's popcorn fun. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of substance to black Adam. Um, there's not a great, a lot of great storytelling. The storytelling is pretty straightforward. It's on the nose. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's just a super simple story. It, it goes really quick. Like you said, the pacing is, is pretty good. Um, it does not have a memorable villain. Um, and yeah, there's just a lot of reasons why it can, I, you guys can go back to my black Adam review when we, when we watch the movie. Um, I feel like we didn't get a lot of, um, necessary information on the JSA. It just seemed like, bam, here they are as much as I love seeing them on screen. And I think they even knew this because if you, (laughs) have you watched any of the special features yet? The special features give you more information on the JSA than the movie. The, the special features are heavy on JSA material. Yes. And I, I think there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, um, but, but I also think there was stuff on the cutting room floor. It's like they favored the pace and the fun action aspect more than they wanted the substance in the film for whatever reason. Because yep. from what we've heard, there was a lot of personal um, moments and conversations that were cut. 
So I was hoping for uh, some deleted scenes, but it seems like they're kind of just dumping this now. Um, yep. Sad to say, I don't know if that's the correct term or not, but that's how I'm feeling with the way they've released it. So, well, there was an approach that James Wan used for Aquaman. And I know neither one of us are ready to talk about that film, but the, the approach was, I don't know if I'm going to get another one. So mm-hmm. I'm going to throw everything I can at this film. I wish they'd have done that with black Adam. There was also so much involved in the black Adam movie that was other yeah. than black Adam. Like they, yeah, you're right. They were trying to build everything out even with the JSA and it kind of unfortunately made everything a little undercooked. Yeah. But that that's why it's uh that's why it's at number nine. Um, but moving on, Joe, what is your number eight? So my number eight is birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Ah, okay. All right. Well, we can talk about it now. Um, so tell me why I'm wrong to have it as low as I <laughs> Well, I mean, I still have it at eight. We're not that far off. But I will say no. the reason it's as high as it is for me is mm-hmm. because of the rewatchability factor. It's a shorter runtime, which I'm not even criticizing the longer runtimes of the DCEU, but most of the DCEU is over two, two and a half hours. So the fact that I can put one in that's an hour and 50 minutes and mm-hmm. just have fun with it, I appreciate that. And I do have a lot of fun with this movie. Um, I can agree with you. There's This kind of falls into that not a lot of substance, uh, you know, uh, problem, for lack of a better term, that some of these lower films have for us. But I think there is still some heart in this film. But, man, I just have a blast with it. I really have a lot of fun with it. I think it works really great for the humor and for the action on rewatches. So... I will tell you to try to rewatch it because I have so much fun with the performances. Uh, Ewan McGregor is amazing in this. I love the action beats with Harley Quinn, especially the prison. Um, I guess it's like the prison escape, you would call it. Uh, with, mm-hmm. You know, all the colors and the vivid, um, the vivid colors and the beanbags and whatever the heck is going on in that scene. I, there's some great action in this. I love Black Canary. I love Huntress. Again, maybe a little underserved. But I still, I still like this movie. Uh, it might have one of those. There might have been more to this movie at some point, as we've again learned from <laughs> from more after the fact reports and s- some talk from Kathy Ann. But I still like this movie as it is. I, I do. I have a lot of fun with it. Nice. Um, yeah, like I said, I think it's an. I think it's a subconscious thing, honestly. Because I, I just haven't, like if there's, if, if I've got a free night and there's a DCU uh, movie that I, uh, I'm going to watch, Birds of Prey just is not the one I'm going to grab. Um, I don't, and I understand that because I, think and I I've, don't know why <laughs> I think I've been there and I think I one day just wanted to watch like a, a 4k disc. And I was kind of like, you know what? I don't think I've popped this one in in a while. And it just kind of, cause it's a good looking film too. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where I started with the rewatch was like, I want to just see what this looks like on, on film. And, and it, it is a really, it's one of those where like, you might not desire to watch it, but when you put it in, you just have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, I'm going to have to give it a rewatch. So who knows it, the, the order may change a little bit. I don't see it changing drastically though. Um, from where it's at, 
Mm-hmm. But again, none of these films, I, I do enjoy the, I mean, pretty much all of these films. So, um, but my number eight, and we can talk about this one now is Wonder Woman 1984. Um, a lot of the reason why it just bumps out Black Adam and Birds of Prey for me is honestly, uh, there's a sentimental quality for this film. Um, my we- my wife's favorite superhero is Wonder Woman. Uh, she loves Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman. And um, I think I just had so much fun Christmas morning of 2020 having this available. Uh, that's what we did for our Christmas. My wife and I were separated from family. Um, we were halfway across the country, couldn't see anybody, but we had a brand new DC movie to watch and it was Wonder Woman. So it was just a really cool day for us. And we both, I mean, without the bias of everything that happened on the internet with this film and how bad everybody says it is, we had none of that while we were watching it. We just had a blast with this movie. Um, Now, does it have its flaws? Yeah, it's got a lot of them. But it doesn't take away from the enjoyment that I got out of this movie or that my wife got out of this movie. So for that reason... Yeah, there's a little bit of sentiment uh, sentimentality here. Um, that's why it's at number eight for me, and I still enjoy this movie. Yeah, I the only like I I said prior, I think the only reason I have it as low as I do is because if I'm gonna watch something, if I want to watch a Black Adam movie, I have the Black Adam movie. If I'm gonna watch Birds of Prey, I'm gonna watch Birds of Prey. Wonder Woman. Nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to watch the the first film. But right. I will say one of the major factors with this one and why I do like it. And again, I, I say I like it because I do. I know it's low on my list, but my daughter loves this movie. And mm-hmm. it's one of the rare DC movies that I can watch with my five-year-old. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it has that. Um, and I think this is one of the things that Patty Jenkins was going for. It has that Superman 78 kind of yes. quality. And that's the thing, like, I know people criticize the the whole 1984 angle where it's like, it didn't need to take place in the 80s and blah, blah, blah. I feel like she was making an 80s movie, not necessarily mm-hmm. a movie that takes place in the 80s. Like, it, No, it, yeah, it, it has a feel to it. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm saying anything groundbreaking there. I'm sure other people have said it. I think a lot of people just discount this movie, though, as just being terrible. Instead of actually thinking about maybe what she was trying to do. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But I, I really do like this movie. I don't understand the the vitriol that's thrown at this movie. Like it's the worst thing ever because I don't see that at all. Um, do I wish that maybe Maxwell Lord was closer to the comics or just a different character altogether? Possibly. Mm-hmm. But I still, I, it got me at the end with his, with his relationship with his son. Um, and I like Cheetah as a villain in this. I thought she did a great job. Yes, it's completely cliche. But again, I think that was intentional. If you don't like it, fine. I, I don't have a problem with people not liking this movie. If it doesn't work for you, that's good. It's nothing groundbreaking. It's nothing as amazing as the first film. But it's still, to me, a fun superhero movie with a great cast. And it's, it's again, it's Wonder Woman. And I... Yeah, it's it's got a different well, do, tone. Do you remember when the initial reactions were like, oh, this is great. This is going to be great. And then like what? A few hours into Christmas, it was suddenly the worst thing ever. Yeah, I don't remember when it happened, to be honest with you. I do think and this might be completely out of line and the people that love streaming are going to crucify me for it. 
I do think it's easier for people to bash a movie that they could sit at home and watch on the couch. I, I, I do wonder what would have happened with this movie had it been released in a regular theatrical. Yeah, because window. I think I think people just have a different mentality going into a movie like this. When it's Christmas Day, you might be doing other things and watching it kind of paying attention and you're just not in the mood and again i don't know and i'll be honest with you i don't like movies that come out on christmas i hope aquaman moves one way or the other because i do not want to see it on christmas day personally <laughs> i don't go to the movies on christmas day um yeah. but i just i still enjoyed this and i watch it a lot because my daughter loves it and so there is definitely something that affects it for me in that regard mm -hmm. where i'm not being completely objective here i admit that but I still don't see the hate towards this movie. I understand it not being on the level of the rest of the DC films. And I have it lower than you. <laughs> so, yeah. but I just, I don't know. I, I don't see the, I don't see the train wreck that most people see with this movie. No, I don't either. Um, but I do think we've spent enough time on this one. Um, so mm -hmm. let's move on to our number sevens. And I will just preface this by saying from here on, I absolutely love the rest of my list. Like they are, I love them. So uh, having said that, Joe, what is your number seven? My number seven, and this for me is borderline love. I'm kind of at the very, like, like a lot to love. Um, this is the Suicide Squad for me. Okay. We are open for that one because number seven for me is also James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Okay. I thought you would have had it higher. Uh, you know, like I said, this is the top seven here. I love all of these movies. Yeah. And this one, I just, I think the reason it lands at number seven, just out, I mean, just outside of the rest of these films that I absolutely love is that the rest of these, the rest of the films on my list are straight up well-known, beloved, uh, close to my heart superheroes. Yes. And the Suicide Squad just doesn't have those. Other than Harley Quinn, I mean, there's there's nobody else there. But that shows you how impressive this movie was for me. That we took this whole cast of unknowns and outcasts and just made me absolutely love this movie. Um, it's probably the funniest DC Universe movie, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. Um way over the top for my liking oh, at some point. <laughs> but extremely I think it, violent. Yeah, like it's it's the dark humor. I still laugh at the uh when they slaughter all of the, the good guys. Um <laughs> yeah. yeah I and yeah I think I agree with you like because it's not these superheroes that we know and love it's probably why I don't watch it as much as the rest of the list. Mm -hmm. But it is still a pretty damn good movie and there's a lot to love with it. But it's it's weird because I don't have a lot to say one way or the other because there's nothing to dislike about this movie for me. But it's also not one that I will defend if people don't like it. Right. That's why it's pretty much right in the middle for me. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest. I, I mean, I had so much fun with it. Um, and I laugh so hard. I do have a hard time when people are like, I just hate that movie. I'm like, really? Oh um, yeah. I don't understand the hate for it. I understand it not being maybe your cup of tea. Right. But yeah. I, I don't know. It It's such an interesting dynamic with me though, that I, and I, I'm going to call this the Jamie Drooley effect. 
it's fascinating to me that there's there's Jamie is not alone on this. There's a lot of people that don't like the Suicide Squad but absolutely love Peacemaker, and that baffles <laughs> me. Uh, yeah, because I feel like at some points Peacemaker is even more over the top than this. Well, it is, and and the tone is almost identical. Yeah. to this movie. Um, I mean, it's it it's definitely. Um, there's a lot of cohesion and a lot of carryover there, which I appreciate. Uh, but yeah, I, I had a blast with this movie. I remember you and I, um, you and I both went to go see this movie early with a, yes. with a fan screening. And I was really excited to talk about this movie after it was over. Um, so yeah, I mean, just the wild characters and I mean, who would have ever thought that we got, that we would get star of the conqueror as a villain in a DC movie. And I think that might be almost one of those like double-edged swords where it's awesome that we got Star of the Conqueror in a DC movie, but he's fighting the Suicide Squad instead of the Justice League, which is kind of, um, but I get it because like, were you really going to have a Justice League movie where they fight Star of the Conqueror? So exactly. What awesome. were the chances? <laughs> exactly. So it's awesome that we even get him in this fashion and it is just a fun, a fun final act for this movie. And yeah, it, again, it's. It's weird for me because I I probably rewatch Birds of Prey more than this, but I will admit this is a better movie. So it's <laughs> it's it's tough. Like it's hard because trying to differentiate between my favorite and the best, and trying to you know balance that. But I I I do I think I like this film better. It's just yeah, it's tough. But yeah, yeah. I, right in the middle for me. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's move to number six. What is in that slot for you, Jeff? I hope that our our lists are not too similar from this point on because we have all of the same movies remaining. Um, but we let's be honest, we all know that me and your tastes are pretty similar, which is why we tried to get Ryan on the show for this. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, but my number six is Aquaman. Um, uh, my number six is also Aquaman. Oh damn! <laughs> all right. Um, so I I do love this movie. I do think. Because I I always go towards that emotional core of why I have one ahead of another. I I do think there's a great emotional beat at the end of this film with his his mother and father meeting at the end. Uh, that gets me. Mm-hmm. But I, this is just a blast of a superhero movie. Like you said, throw the whole kitchen sink into one movie if you're going to only make one Aquaman movie. And it is unabashedly an Aquaman movie. I mean, there is no shame whatsoever to the character of Aquaman when you're watching this movie. And I think that's what's so fun is how earnest this movie is. Well, not to mention this movie is gorgeous. I mean, it it is, is, it is beautiful to look at. Um, This is one of my go-tos. If, um, if I want to like, just look at some beautiful 4k scenery. Um, It's probably the most beautiful 4k disc I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. Um, And, and James Wan just went for it. I mean, he, did not take it too seriously. Um, even though it's not, it's not like a goofball campy comedy the whole time. There are elements of that, but it's, I mean, it is unabashedly a comic book film. And I love that. I love the fights. I love the costumes. Um, I'm just the, the final battle, uh, between ocean master and Aquaman, um, is just stunning to look at. It's, it's fun to watch. Um, 
and I really like the Indiana Jones-esque adventure of this. You you know how much I love Indiana Jones and, and his globetrotting and his adventures. And we get a lot of that here that I really, really like. Um, and, and it's got, I mean, Manta is a great villain. And Ocean Master is a great villain. And they mm-hmm. don't walk on each other. It's nope. not like you, you lose something to have the other. They work really well in tandem. And they're they're in the movie just enough. So yeah, and organically I, too. Yeah, yeah, and I just I had so much fun in the theater with this one. It was beautiful on IMAX, and then it's beautiful at home. So yeah, for all those reasons, that is why uh, Aquaman is at number six for me. Yeah, and I, I also you know I know the drama with Amber Heard aside, I don't mind her in this movie as an actress. I love Mara as a character. I love that they're partners throughout this movie. I think that's a fun dynamic and uh I mean I, let's say let's put it like it is. I hate to say this but she's better in this than she is either cut of Justice League. Yes. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> James Wan got what he needed to out of her. I I will agree with that. Yep. All right. Well, we have made it to the top 5. So Joe, starting out your top 5, what is at number 5? So it actually pains me that I have this as low as I do. Mhm. Because I love this movie. Absolutely love it. I have Shazam at number five. Oh, Jesus. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Well, God, we're just going to talk I, the same I movies also over have over. Shazam at number five. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot say enough good things about this movie because I did not know what to expect with a Shazam movie. Mm-hmm. And the, the charm of this movie, the humor, the heart, Everything with this movie works. The horror elements of it. you I mean, I will say Sandberg is a genius with bouncing tone for this film. Because, mm-hmm. my God, this film has everything. The humor works. The, the emotional beats play out without being undercut by humor. And the scary moments are allowed to be scary, but not overly scary. I The family dynamic, I mean, I... I could talk about this movie. I would love to do a review of this eventually because I love, I I just love everything about this movie. There's not one thing about this movie that I can really criticize for what the movie is. Would I have loved to have a, has somehow had Black Adam involved in this? Maybe, but I, I love the movie as it is. I, I don't think, I don't think it suffers from not having Black Adam. I think Black Adam suffers from not having Shazam. Um, which is a testament to the cast and the director of this film, because I, I love it. Well, Joe, if we make it one more year, maybe we can do a, a maybe Shazam can be our uh, 2024 Christmas special. <laughs> Cause it'll be fifth anniversary next year. Okay. Um, but yeah, Shazam is, um, it's one of those. I think it says a lot about Shazam by the fact that it's in both of our top fives, because if you would have told me before I ever saw that, that Shazam will be in your top five of, of your DCU ranking, I would have told you, I expect to have fun with this, but there's no way it's going to be in my top five. Um, because it just didn't seem like the kind of movie that at the time would make it that high on my list. But man, there is so much, I think they captured so much youth in this movie because even, I mean, Billy Batson, when he transforms the job that Zachary Levi did to make you think 
that he's that same kid. I think he did a phenomenal job mm-hmm. in the role. Um, and as the thing mirroring things that you said, I mean, there's when it's when it needs to be tense and scary, it's tense and scary. When it needs to be light and funny, it's light and funny. But there's a message behind all of it. And there's another sentimental aspect to this is that my wife's family um, is big into the foster community. So this movie automatically struck a chord for her. As soon as we left the theater after seeing this movie, she called her mom, um, who at who at the time had so many, um, you know, she had, she had three adopted children. She had two foster children at the time. She said, you need to show the kids this movie. And the kids love that film. I, and it just, it just sheds a whole lot of light on the importance of the foster system and how kids can fall through the cracks and, and everybody, every kid needs a chance. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's just so many things I love about it. Not to mention out of this entire list, this may be the best adaptation of source material that we have. Um, because if you read the Shazam comic from the new 52, that was, it was all backups, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah, it was the backup uh, stories for in Justice the first, League. Yeah, in the first Justice League uh, arc. Yeah, this is a almost spot on adaptation of that comic. So I give kudos for that because how often do we get that? And and not for nothing, with the top five here, I will say. This one might be the one where, and we know I'm a softy, uh, I'm a, I'm a sap with this stuff. This is the one that makes me cry the most. The, the scene with him and his mother oh. is one of the most gut wrenching scenes that I've seen in a superhero movie, and to then end that with the badass shot of him jumping off that roof to go save his actual family, mm-hmm. I love it. I love everything about, I, I like it. it Again, I I love this movie. Like the only reason it's probably five is because it doesn't involve Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman. Like, but I can't say a bad thing about this movie. And I, you might hate me for this because I know how you feel about my number four. I wouldn't be shocked if this passes number four at some point for me. I mean, yeah, who knows what it'll do in the future? Uh, But I absolutely love this film. But you know what you just made me think of, Joe. Uh, there are two bad parents in the DCU. And it's probably the only thing that Billy ba- uh, Billy Batson and Chris Smith have in common. <laughs> Is that they, they have awful parents. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's where we're at for number five. So I'm very curious after what you just said, what is your number four, Joe? My number four is Man of Steel. Ooh, well, I'm not ready to talk about Man of Steel yet, but if and like I said, that's the one that I know where you have it on your list. (laughs) So I, yeah, I know we're not ready to talk about number uh, my number four yet. So what is your number four? My number four, and it may surprise you where this one's at, but it's Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yeah, Um, I'm not ready to talk about that one either. Okay, we'll, well, say, we'll, we'll just say that's interesting that your number four is that, and my number four is Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, okay, well, what is your number three, Jeff? My number three is Wonder Woman. 
Nice. Well, we can talk about that because my number three is also Wonder Woman. Okay. Um, yeah, I can start with this one. Uh, yeah, this just so far as quality, I mean, just by filmmaking alone, this may be the technically best movie on the list. Um, this movie tells a fantastic story. Um, the, the look of the film is beautiful. I love period piece movies set during world war one or world war two. And I know it draws the comparisons. I don't mind the comparisons because I love both films. This movie does give me captain America, the first Avenger vibes. Mm -hmm. It feels like that, but that's not a bad thing. And it's not a, a bad comparison because I love that film too. Um, I don't know. I love the fish out of story or fish out of water story that they tell in this film. Um, I love that you see kind of an innocence through Diana's eyes and the way that she looks at the world in this movie and the, and the way that she processes horrors and atrocities and the way that she has to come to understand humanity. I just think it's so well done here. Um, I love the chemistry between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. I think they tell a beautiful story in this movie. Um, and yeah, for all those reasons and, and just the war setting, um, no man's land is a probably top 10 all time sequence on film for me. I just love that scene, that whole sequence. And yeah, for all those reasons, I mean, that's why it's in my top three. It is one of the very best superhero movies ever made bar none. Yeah. The no man's land scene is probably my favorite scene in the DCEU. Yeah. It's yeah. Um, I will say first off, the the biggest feat this film does is it tricks people into thinking this film isn't the darkest film in the DCEU. Because in my opinion, this has the darkest story of any film in the DCEU. I, but it does such a great job of balancing the tone that people don't focus on why this film is so dark. I mean, a whole community is slaughtered at the end of this film and people say, Oh, this is the, you know, the greatest movie in the DCU because it's got a lighter tone. <laughs> like it's, I think it does such a great job of, of well, still, you know, you're right. Not only does, is that whole town slaughtered, she loses a lot, her love, her true love. Mm -hmm. And I mean, she in the, the end of the movie, she's alone Yeah, in this, in this brand new world that she's, that she's just learning about. Uh, so yes, when you when you describe it like that, it sounds bleak. But somehow yes. they made it feel so hopeful. Yes, they make it work. Whether they're tricking us or just not focusing on the darkness, they're focusing on the hope of Wonder Woman and mm -hmm. the the fun the fun scenes maybe outweigh the dark scenes. And and again, I I think again my favorite part of the DCU is balancing of tone. Um. Mm -hmm. This is easily the most crowd pleasing of the DCEU, whether it's our top pick or not. I think we all can agree on that. This is the one that probably appeases the most in the general audience. I, I do love this movie. I, I, I was able to see this movie at Lincoln square, um, New York, which is the biggest IMAX theater in the country. Um, while my wife was pregnant with our daughter. So, 
this could not have more of an emotional meaning to me <laughs> than it does. I will never forget watching young Diana mimic the warriors um, in the beginning of the in the beginning of the film, thinking to myself that my wife is now pregnant with my firstborn. Um, <laughs> so that wow, yeah, like there's just something to. And now that my daughter is you know, loves the the sequel and she doesn't, she can't get into this one. It's for her. This is too dark. She doesn't enjoy this one. Like the, the second one. So, but I, this movie to me is everything that I love about Wonder Woman as a character and why it's so important to have a woman superhero and, you know, the representation angle of women leading roles because mm-hmm. I loved that I got to experience this and 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 know that my daughter could grow up and and idolize this person and and this hero it meant a lot to me and I I love everything about this movie too I mean again we're we're going to just gush about the rest of our lists um yeah. but it's it's just a special movie I I also do want to before we move on um, one of the very best lines of dialogue in any superhero film for me. And it, it's always stuck with me. Um, the line, the, the, the kind of little monologue that Steve Trevor gives at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. um, when Diana is just, she's distraught and she's saying the, you know, the world of men doesn't deserve her or, you know, it's her mother said deserve. that. Yeah, it's not about deserve. And I love that he he went on about that and he said, it's not about deserve, it's it's about, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's about what you believe. Yeah. And and I, I love that he says, you know, you don't think I get it after everything that I've seen. And and he wishes that there was one bad guy to blame, but it's yeah. not. We're it's all not to blame. Simple. I love that. I yep. love that dialogue. And I again I think it's some of the best dialogue in any superhero film. But for all those reasons, uh, that is why it is in the top three for both of us. I'm kind of surprised we both had it in the same slot. Um, well, I will say now that, that you brought up two lines of dialogue, I'm going to bring up two things that are completely different. One of them, one of my favorite conversations is her and the, um, is it the general of the military where um, she's calling him a coward basically for sending in soldiers to die when he won't join him on the front line. Mm-hmm. Um I love how she couldn't comprehend that because in the mascara, they fight with their soldiers. Yeah. That's such a great dynamic. And one of my favorite humorous lines in the DCU is when she's talking about the, you know, her outfit that she puts on and she says, it's choking me. And, and, um, Oh crap. What's, uh, the secretary's name. Oh gosh. I'm Um, drawing a blank. Why? Oh, uh, wow. Etta, Etta Candy. Etta, Etta Candy. Etta Candy goes, can't say I blame it. <laughs> I I laugh my ass off at that every time. <laughs> that is pretty good. Yeah. That's so. a good one. All right. Well, we have made it to our final two, Joe. So uh, I know where one of them's going to land. So Well, I, I think our, I guess our number twos are going to be the same because I know what your one is, I'm assuming. So my number two is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Okay. Yep. My number two is Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. Um, well, I started off on Wonder Woman, so kick it off, Joe. Tell me why ZSJL is your number two. It's my number two because it's... I can't even say why it's not number one, other than when I get to my number one. But number... I 
I can't believe that it lived up to the expectations we all had for this mythical film <laughs> that we petitioned for for years. And that could have very easily been a train wreck. Could you imagine after this, this legend of a movie that we all had built up in our heads for years mm. upon years it could never live up to those expectations for us, even though we knew we were going to love it. The fact that people that didn't think they would love it, love this movie, people that hated BVS admit this is a good movie. It was mm. the movie in itself is amazing. I love that we have all four hours of it. I love that we got everything Zach wanted to do with this movie. Um, Yes, I do have some nitpicks with this movie. It is not perfect. There are things that um, definitely, as far as changing some things here and there, maybe, you know, it could have been better. But again, I, as a Justice League movie, it is everything I wanted. We have a four-hour Justice League movie, which to me is just as good as having a part one and a part two that are two hours each. Like, we, we have this amazing, epic justice league movie and i love the fact that it kind of vindicated everyone who wanted this movie because if this movie came out and it was a train wreck <laughs> that would have gone the other way yeah um there was a lot of pressure on this movie for things it didn't deserve yeah and and to take to take everything away from that if you just just from the thousand mile an hour view. Um, to take away all the the toxicity and the the noise and everything that's happened after um, the movie's release and everything like that, just to focus on the movie. Um, there's so much about this movie that I just adore. Mm -hmm. It's 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 a movie that I've, I've told you before. I love nothing more than having the time available um, to dive into a world like mm -hmm. like Tolkien's world. I love diving into the Middle Earth films, the extended cuts, because I love that world. I love spending all the time in the world, in that world when I'm when I'm feeling like it. And I love that I had this grand, epic version of this film that is in the world that I love most. Because the DC Universe is the world that I love most. And all of these nerdy fandoms the DC universe is where I like to spend my most of my time and to have this four hour epic available to me that takes all of the good stuff that JL uh, 2017 had and expands on it and makes it better and gives, you know, just gives a distinct full story fleshes everything out. I mean, how good is the, is the cyborg story? in this movie. It, talk, it, talk about the emotional core of the movie. That, that whole scene with the waitress is, yeah, is amazing. And it's heroic. I mean, that's what we want to see our heroes doing things like that. And just to see the, I mean, the way that Bruce Wayne cobbled together the failure of, of what his previous experience was with Batman V Superman just to, to come out of that and to be such a hopeful character. I mean, faith, Alfred faith is such a good moment 
that I love um, because it shows the progression of my favorite character. I mean, it shows how Batman has evolved as a character and I love it. I love that. Um, And there's, there's no time to, to really talk about. And one day we're going to do a retrospective because I know Joe, you weren't able to, I, I didn't have you on the Zack Snyder's justice league review. You're going to hold that over my head probably (laughs) until the day that we both die, unless we get a review done. Yeah. Unless we do some type of retrospective of it, but yeah. Um, yeah, we could talk about this film for hours. And, and I will say thank you to Zack Snyder for putting chapters in this because it makes it easier for me to rewatch it. Because um, yep. I don't usually have four hours, so I will just put on a chapter here and there. Um, even the disc, having two discs, I'll put one disc in tonight, one disc in tomorrow. <laughs> it's um, I have it on in the background right now while we're recording. I, I love this movie. Um, the four hours flies by. It's it's amazing how a four hour movie. I remember watching it for the first time and thinking, "Oh my god, I'm already two hours in." No, like I only have two hours left. Like I don't want this to end, and that doesn't happen with movies. Like it's it's incredible to me what was done with this because you could argue like, okay, it's a four hour movie, but they could have cut it down. But I don't think it's padded. I think it's just that good. And yes they could have cut it down, but I'm so glad they didn't. I'm so glad we have this full version. Yeah. And speaking of gorgeous on 4k. Yeah. This is a beautiful film to watch at home on a 4k. I, one of my biggest regrets with this movie is I wish I could see it on the big screen. Well, it's funny you say that because I was just going to bring up the fact that it is rumored that Kevin Smith is going to get Zack Snyder to come to his, um movie theater which is about 10 minutes from my house to screen this one day this year and i cannot wait um if that does come to fruition i am so excited to be able to see this on the big screen and apparently zach is going to come here and screen it and, and have a discussion afterwards and i am praying that i'm able to get tickets for this because uh that would be really heartbreaking for me if for some reason i couldn't make it to that considering it is literally 10 minutes from my house um, jealousy will be a top tier <laughs> on that one if you get to see yeah. it. Um, but yeah, that's, I, I would love to see this on the big screen one day. Um, and it is, I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the, I, I think the announcement that it was coming and then just the anticipation of the day that this came out. And then, like you said earlier, I mean, just the realization that, yeah, this is a really good film. Um, it just, I mean, was there a better feeling than going through all that? I mean, it was such a roller coaster getting there. And then when we got there um, and, and regardless of all the bull crap that, that again, that surrounds it at the end of the day, I mean, not only do I have, you know, two other films in the trilogy with this one that, that I really love, but I have this one to cap it off. And if I never yeah. get anything else, it's okay. I'm and, not, exactly. I'm not one of those that's going to scream and, and cry that we're not getting more. Uh, I wish we were can't lie about that, but I have a trilogy that I can watch and enjoy and love. So there we are. Yeah. And, and there's a reason we haven't talked about the other two films in this trilogy yet. And <laughs> true. And that's, that's the thing is I I'm with you it, and I'll never forget this too. Um, the day that this was announced was the day I found out my wife was pregnant with our son. So again, there's always some type of weird connection to my children with these movies and, and uh, yeah, I, 
I still remember sitting at home watching this when it was released. And yeah, no, all, the bull crap aside, we got this movie. That was what we wanted. And we got it in the best possible way we could have imagined. It was finished. It was done the way it was supposed to be done. It's better than what we would have gotten in 2017. So mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for the trilogy. I'm thankful for what we got. Yes, I would have wanted more too, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to be resentful of it because what we have is pretty special. Yep, for sure. All right, Joe. Well, well let's uh, let's cap it off here. Um, let's talk about our number ones. So what is at the very top of your list? Well, I, I guess we'll talk about my number one first because I think it makes more sense to end on yours. Um, my yeah, number one so. is my number one is Batman versus Superman for it's it's weird for me to say Batman vs Superman is my favorite movie in the DCEU because talk about some emotions that have gone through my head since this movie came out. Um, I remember <laughs> I went to LA to see this movie, um, planned a trip with my wife to go to the Chinese theater to see this movie on opening night. Went to the WB lot to do this tour. I, this was an event movie in the worst way for me. <laughs> and mm. I remember seeing the, the two and a half hour cut in the theater and thinking, I don't know how I felt about that. <laughs> I mean, we know I didn't get to see any of the early screenings. The early screenings were pretty positive by fans though. And I remember once the reviews started coming, I remember sitting there in the theater thinking, okay, when's this going to go bad? When's this going to go bad? When is this going to go bad? It's the worst feeling in the world to watch a movie like that. Like how terrible. Mm -hmm. And I remember getting to some points going, oh, this is where everyone lost it. But for me, yeah. after digesting the film the first night and then going back and watching it the next day for what it was, I really liked it. I didn't love it yet, though. When we got the ultimate cut, and the more and more I got to really digest this film and focus on this film and, and just learn to appreciate what was happening. And maybe it's because of the, the arc that was completed with justice league that made me love this even more. But I think there's something about this film that I love the ambition of it. I love how different it was. I, what could easily be, and justifiably maybe be thrown at Zach as a criticism for not doing what would have been pleasing to everybody mm -hmm. is why I love this film because as a director, you can't, in my opinion, you can't do what's easy. You have to do what you want to do because you have to have passion for what you're doing. And I respect the hell out of that. And I'm glad we got something that wasn't what I wanted, but it was something that will make me think about this film forever and make me appreciate this film forever because of how different and how ambitious it was. And I don't want to gush over it too much and talk about it for too long because we have another film to talk about and you need to talk about this one. But that's, <laughs> I, I do love this movie um, more and more every time I watch it. Well, there's so much that... I agree with you. Um, I, I went into the theater with the same approach. I, I was waiting for this to go bad. And like you said, I agree. I mean, that is such a, that's such a sucky way 
to watch a movie that you've been so excited about. I mean, this was at the time when this was coming out, this was probably the most excited for a movie that I had ever been. And this was coming post, you know, the dark Knight, which I was rabid over to see that movie. And, and just to, just to know that we were seeing Batman and Superman on screen together for the first time. That was like a fever dream. And I was so excited to see this. And again, just going in with that, knowing what the reviews were and waiting for it to go bad. And it never went bad for me. And then we got the ultimate edition and I love that even more. And I just thought it fleshed out the story so much and gave us, you know, so, so much little minute details that were missing. Um, I just, I think it's a gorgeous movie. I, it's definitely not without its flaws, but I, I think I love this film despite its flaws. Um, if that makes any sense, like there's just so much here that, that this film gave me, um, gave me my favorite on-screen Batman ever with Ben Affleck. So my favorite on-screen version of my favorite character in history, how could I not love this movie? Mm -hmm. Um, and it told a story that I still don't think um, the world is truly ready for yet. Um, it told a story of a Superman who wanted to be everything that we want Superman to be. And this world doesn't want him to be that yet. For political reasons. And for, but yeah. how, can we not, how can we not relate to that in this world? And I just love that this movie treated Superman exactly how we would treat Superman if he actually existed. Yep. And, and that, people, and people hate it. They don't want that. <laughs> no, they don't want, they don't want to think about how cynical our world is. They want to see Superman in a fictional world. Yeah. Um, well, and even Zach has said since then, um, you know, him and Debbie, they, didn't realize how much the world did not want a deconstruction of these superheroes, which is so interesting. And I, and I'll fully admit, I know this film is not, um, it's not going to win any popularity contests. I get it. Um, but for everything this film does, man, I love it. And there's a reason, I mean, it's not as high as yours, but it's not out of the realm there. I mean, it's in, it's in the top five. Um, well, and, let me just clarify why it's my number one before we get to your number one. You say this film has flaws to me, everything that people point out, that's a flaw to this movie. Mm -hmm. My counter to that is it's a flaw to you because it's not what you wanted. It's not a flaw for the film. And that's where I stand with this film is to me, Every flaw that people throw at this film is their own opinions on what they wanted, not what the film is. Uh, there's so much about this film that I absolutely love that is just so important to me personally. Mm. Um, it's not what I wanted. Like that's, but I've I've come to appreciate Batman's arc in this film because it's such a difficult thing to accept that Batman is the villain of this movie, and seeing him in that manner is now what's so compelling to me as a viewer when it was probably really, really difficult for me to accept when I first saw it. And yeah. 
not to mention the fact that Wonder Woman's entrance in this movie is is probably if if No Man's Land is number one, <laughs> that might be number two in the oh, DCU yeah. for it, me. Yeah, it's a great moment. Yeah. So let's um, I, I I do love it. It's my number one. I want to say that how much I love this movie and um, but let's let's get to your number one. Okay, yeah. Um, my number one, and to end this list here, uh, it's no surprise at this point because it's the only one that hasn't been mentioned for me. Um, it's Man of Steel. Uh, where was where was Man of Steel on yours, Joe? It was my number four. So our one and four were swapped. Got you. Okay, yeah. Um, Man of Steel. It shook me in a way that is obviously still there. Um since 2013 all the way until now um 10 years ago now this year man of steel took a character that i liked and made him a character i love um oh i mean great that superman was a character that i really liked um i loved seeing but but mostly i knew him when he brushed up against batman Mm -hmm. um Man of Steel to elevated him to a character who is just, just slightly behind Batman for yeah. me as one of my favorite characters ever. Um, it, the, this introduced me to my favorite Superman. Henry Cavill is now, and unless somebody does a hell of a good job, will always be my favorite Superman. And it's because of this film. And it's, it's, it's a film that, um, gave me a a relatable superman i feel like like you, you felt like this superman um was going through i mean he was fighting the struggles of humanity knowing he was an outsider um and it just, just i don't know the, every piece of this story just really resonated with me um i think it is the most underrated superhero movie ever made going to put my stamp on that and I also think that it may have the very best villain I have ever seen in a comic book film because I think General Zod, he terrifies you. I've said this before. He terrifies you with his conviction. You can tell he believes every single thing he says and he believes in his mission. And he thinks he's the hero of his story. That makes the best villains ever. And I think it's criminal that he is not mentioned more when people talk about good comic book movie villains because he's one of the best. Um, but yeah, I I love the score. I love the way this movie looks. Um, I I love the visuals, the the battles, um, the way it ends. I even love the controversial moment because I love that Superman had to make the tough decision and he chose Earth, and I love it. Um, but yeah, I, again, I could go, I could go on and on and on, like you said about BVS, uh, but I do want to give you a chance to talk about this film. So, so take it away, Joe. Well, when you said you love the controversial moment, I will go even further and say, I love another controversial moment. And this is going to be a very controversial statement. I love Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent. Oh, I do too. I, I love the maybe moment. That is the moment that everyone hates. And as a father... Now, I wasn't even a father when this movie came out. But going back and watching this movie as a father and watching that maybe moment now as an adult, as a father, 
I will never, ever understand. I don't care if you disagree with it, but how you cannot understand what a father is thinking in that moment mm-hmm. when he says that word and discount it as being poor writing. I can't stick with you there. Well, not that to, is not one to mention of the most, that. But that ha- is one of the most emotional mm-hmm. look on his face, like the acting in that moment and the writing in that moment to me says more than what most people do in full movies. Well, if you want to talk about realism, it's probably the most realistic parental moment ever. Parents don't have the answer to everything. People newsflash. (laughs) We don't. (laughs) And you do put your kids before everyone else, Mm -hmm. even if it's right or right or wrong, or at least you hesitate when you have to make that decision. And that's what's happening in that moment. So again, I can't talk about that forever, but I will say something else controversial with this. Um, Like you said, you didn't love Superman prior to this movie. I didn't either. I will go a step further and say, I didn't love Superman 78 or even really appreciate it until I saw this movie. This movie made me appreciate Superman 78 because, or just say Superman, the movie, because I will never understand why people pit these films against each other. Because the more and more I watch Superman the movie after seeing this, because I know this movie front to back, whenever I rewatch Superman the movie, I go, God, Man of Steel is just a love letter to this movie. What are you people watching? Mm. Like, there is so many similarities in the two films that I have learned to appreciate Superman as a character in all iterations. Because to his core, in this film and that film, he's still the same guy. You're just putting him in different situations and you have to put Superman in different situations or he gets the label that he got for years before 2013 is that Superman is boring. Yeah. And I think Zach did that. He made Superman not boring. He made him controversial and he made people question everything about him. But I think, I think Zach does a good job of, of bringing these characters to conversations that people don't realize that that's what he's trying to do. Like nobody has done more for the Batman, no killing rule than Zack Snyder making Batman kill because he made everyone realize why Batman doesn't kill by making him kill. Mm -hmm. And he did that with Superman. Why is, why is it so important for people that Superman be this beacon of hope? Because he showed you a, a, an instance where he's learning and he makes the, the choice to put earth first. And he does it again in BVS where he chooses earth over, he chooses Earth over his own life, not just Zod's life like he does in Man of Steel. So I I, I love this movie. I agree with you with General Zod. I'm so happy that we get to see General Zod again in The Flash, as long as they didn't reshoot that out of existence. Um, <laughs> but I hope that that's the case because, man, I love him as a villain. I agree with you. It's one of the best. It's almost become a cliche to make a villain sympathetic at this point, but I think if it's done right, it's not that cliche. And I think this is one of those examples where it's done in such a different way and such a beautiful way that it's perfect. I I love him in this movie. Um, Yeah, I I completely understand why you would have it in number one. I don't have it quite that high, but I will not fault you for having it that high. Well, and I think this is the final thing I'll say on it. I think... Um, this, this movie and BVS both showed me 
uh, something about Superman that, you know, and everybody, you know, he always, he always makes the right decision. He always, he's always on the side of right. Yes. But Superman always makes the hard decision. And I mean, for the right reasons, he makes the hard decision, whether that be what he had to do at the end of Man of Steel or what he had to sacrifice in BVS. And as I mean, say what you want about these movies, but that's, I mean, Man of Steel, again, made me love Superman. And for that reason, it's at the top of my DCU ranking. So. And, and I can go on a tangent forever about how, like you just said, Superman makes the hard decision. You know why? Because the writer made the hard decision. And the the writer in comics True. most of the time makes the easy decision. That's why everyone says, oh, Batman just finds a way to get out of it. Yeah, because the writer found a way to write him out of it. Like, <laughs> so I like when we are making conversation about these characters is what makes these characters valid and important. And yeah. that's what I appreciate with the DCEU as a whole. All the films that we love in here have made us think about these characters and converse about controversy with these characters and what makes these characters who they are to their core. And that to me is what makes these films so special. Yep. Completely agree. Couldn't, uh, couldn't have said it better, Joe. Um, but that is, I mean, that brings us to the end of, uh, of our DCU ranking for now. Um, like I said at the beginning, we have four films this year. It will be very interesting, Joe, to see where we land after these four films have come out. Um, just real quick, what, just to kind of give a forecast on the year out of the four Shazam Fury, the gods, the flash blue beetle and Aquaman and the lost kingdom, which one would you say you're looking forward to the most in 2023? Ah, honestly, I mean, right now, if you ask me what am I looking forward to the most, it's Shazam because it's next. Mm. But as far as all four go, I think the flash has to be the answer because we, it has the most promise of like what could be. Mm. I mean, we're getting Michael Keaton back. We're getting Ben Affleck back. We're getting apparently general Zod back. We're there's so many what ifs with this movie because we don't know what has changed or what hasn't changed. And we're, I mean, right now I'm most excited for getting the flash trailer at the super bowl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how exciting is it that WB's back at the Super Bowl? Yeah, so I mean, I I'm pretty excited for all four of them. I mean, I I would say my least excitement is Blue Beetle, but it's not that I'm not excited for that. I just don't know what to expect with that. Yeah, I I don't either. And if I'm if I'm honest, I mean, the it's the Flash for me as well. Um, most anticipated, mostly because, I mean, we've been waiting for so long for it. I'm just so ready to see what this thing involves. Um, it's been pushed back and pushed back. Uh, I'm ready to see it, ready to get it done. Um, but yeah, all four of these films, I mean, it's going to be a great year for us seeing, the, seeing all these films. And I look well, knock on wood. To... Don't say that because, oh yeah. Don't we assume said that last as a DC year. fan, we're going to have a good year. You can't assume that. <laughs> we said that last year, didn't we? And then everything changed. Um, but even if this is the end, we've had as of now, well, what is it? 12, uh, even if you go 11 and if you don't count the justice league as two films. Yeah. 11 is a pretty good run for a universe. Now add four to that. And peacemaker films and peacemaker. That's a pretty good run in a universe. Yep. I'm, 
I mean, content? Is that the word? I mean, I'm pretty happy. <laughs> well, and we've also had Joker and the Batman. I mean, DC yeah. fans, as 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 bad as it seems sometimes, we've had some bright spots. So, For a struggled universe to get 15 films, yeah. uh, a pretty good struggle. <laughs> I agree. It limped its way, the 15 films and a lot of them that we love. So I, I'm happy with what we've gotten, but I'm looking forward to what's to come. Well said, and I think that's a good positive note to end the episode on, Joe. Um, I had a lot of fun with this ranking, and I want to thank you for doing it with me. So thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks for being here. Happy New Year, buddy. And uh, why don't you sign off and let everybody know where they can find you out there on social media. Yeah, Happy New Year, Eric. Happy New Year, everybody. Um, let's look forward to this year. We uh, let's, let's try to be hopeful here with what's to come. We got some maybe announcements coming soon uh just just let's try to enjoy the ride and just not harp on whatever negative can be coming or has come let's just mm-hmm. let's just look forward um you can find me on twitter and instagram as j411 you could find me on letterboxd also as j411 and on facebook as joe fornarato f-o-r-n-a-r-o-t-t-o and i look forward to uh to doing another more of these in the year Yep, absolutely. Um, as for myself, you can find my personal accounts on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd at MeCarter89. That's M-E-Carter89. Uh, you can find the show's accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TFRBatPod. If you take a moment out of your day to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen, we would greatly appreciate that. It helps people find us. Um, helps us gain exposure and if you leave us one of those reviews on apple podcasts we will read them on the show um once again if you'd like to send us an email we love getting emails from our listeners we read those on the show as well uh you can send those to at tfrbatpod at gmail.com and if you're looking for another way to support us, we don't ask that you spend a dime on this show. But if you'd like to, you can go to redbubble.com and search shop TFR, all one word, and find our logos on all kinds of wonderful and neat merchandise there. But that's going to do it for our first episode of 2023. We will finish up Batman the Animated Series and our rank- and our episodes we have left there. Uh, We're going to finish those up soon. Thank you for sticking with us on that. But until we see you again next time, make sure you keep that bat signal lit and pointed skyward. created by Bill Finger and Bob Kane. The Fire Rises, a Batman podcast, is in no way associated with Warner Brothers Discovery or DC Comics. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the participants of this show are solely theirs and do not represent the companies that they work for. Thank you for listening.